0: Right. so we are making our way through point C of unit seven of God's economics and point C is loose the bonds for the least of these it's about you know pouring your life out and even spending your own resources for the hungry the homeless the poor the naked the sick the those who are hungry and thirsty and uh, strangers and people who are in need the afflicted the tormented the oppressed pouring our lives out and even our resources for them. So in your study guide, we're up to point three. It's pay the full price for them to receive benefits that they do not deserve. Why? Well, just like Jesus paid for you to receive benefits that you do not deserve. So, you know, any thought, and we'll talk about breaking up the hardness of heart, but any thought that you may have had in your heart towards the poor or the broken or the needy or the oppressed, um, you know, I what what I like to do is turn that around and say, okay, well, how would it be if Jesus said the same thing to you? You know, if Jesus had looked at you when you were lost in your sin— and he said, well, you know, you got yourself into that position, so I'm not going to come and die, for, uh, die on a cross for you. Nope. Well, then you would not be saved, friend. Okay, so whatever wicked, unworthy thought you're having towards people who don't deserve for you to give your money or you to pour your life out for their benefit, well, you didn't deserve it for Jesus to pour his life out for you. So that just kind of levels the playing field right there. There, No one can come into this arrogant as if you got something that you deserve from God, and so everybody else has to earn it and deserve it for you to give it to them. As if you're God and everyone else has to merit your attention or your service or your dollars, you know, because you're the judge of all mankind. No, kind of, you know, sorry, get over yourself there you know, just for a minute, maybe. Um, we've got to be like Jesus in this. So Luke 14 this is actually the context we reference this a couple of times in the parables of Jesus unit um, this is when Jesus he is it's a Shabbat and he is at the house of a Pharisee who where he's been invited to have a meal and he's having a meal um, and all the Pharisees are posturing for the best position because they they want to be exalted in the sight of man so Jesus that's the setting for what Jesus is about to say we're going to open up at verse 12. he 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 also said to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. So pause. We talked about that. If you receive repayment for what you've done here on earth, then you've already been repaid. So I invite you over for dinner. You invite me over for dinner. We're even. Everybody's been Paid, there is no eternal reward for that. Okay. But if you, you know, this is just kind of the dynamics. We talked about if you're getting a salary, if you're getting remuneration, if you're getting recognition for the things that you're doing or the money that you're giving, you've been repaid. And you're going to be surprised when you stand before Jesus and your eternal reward is a lot less than you thought it was going to be, but it's because you got rewarded and repaid so much here on earth. All right, verse 13. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Do you see it right there? You're going to get repaid. God will repay you, and he will repay you bountifully for having done things his way and demonstrated his righteousness on the earth by caring for the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the outcast, the people that nobody wants to be around, the sinner, the tax collector. Do you see how Jesus, he didn't just teach this, he lived it and you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. You're not going to get paid back here in this world. Now, God will make sure you have everything you need, but you're not in it. You don't sow to reap. You don't do something to get something back. Okay. We're just trying to break through some of these dynamics that get into people's hearts and that have also, I'm sorry, but incorrectly been taught so much in the church these days. All right, so here's what it looks like. Proverbs 19, verse 17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. So we talked in the prior segment about when you give to the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, those in prison, you're giving to the least of these, my brothers. You did it for Jesus. That person is the Lord. That's Jesus. Whoever is generous to the poor, you're doing it to the Lord. And the Lord, you know what? He's able to repay you. Absolutely. That poor person is not. But the Lord is. Or another proverb, Proverbs 29, verse 7, the righteous, the person who is right in God's sight, the person who understands the ways of God, considers the cause of the poor. But the wicked does not understand such knowledge. You know, that is a litmus test. I can listen to conversations that people have, and the way that people talk about the poor gives me a, an indication of their heart and their understanding of the Lord and his ways based on how they talk. It's not my place to call anyone righteous or wicked, only God can do that. But it's very interesting to listen to how people discuss what their impressions and their concepts and ideas are about the poor. King David understood this. In Psalm 41, he said, Blessed is the one who considers the poor. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him, meaning not the poor. Now, the Lord might deliver the poor, but blessed is the one who considers the poor. That's the one. In the day of trouble, the Lord will deliver that guy, the one who considered the cause of the poor. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. These are the blessings. This is exactly what Isaiah 58 said. You do what's right in God's sight by taking care of the least of these, and God will say, Here I am. How can I answer your prayer? Do you see this? Do you see how all these different biblical pictures, everybody that has been considered in God's sight to understand him and his ways has the same idea about this? Is this the idea that you have about this? If it's not, then you need to come into alignment with what the Word of God says. And then just as a reminder, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Remember, we talked about that. The Samaritan covered all of the injured man's expenses all of his expenses for as long as it took him to recover. Okay, this is what it looks like. The one who had mercy, that's the one who was the neighbor. That's the one, even though they were a Samaritan, that's the one who was right in God's sight. All right. So sometimes in order for us to get through to doing things God's way and being like God, we've got to break up our own hard heartedness and really put to shame all the lame excuses that we've come up with for why we can't do this, or we can't do that, or, well, God's not calling me to do that, or, you know, whatever it is that you've come up with, I'm sure it's lame. And I know it's lame, because I used to have lame excuses too, and God obliterated all of my lame excuses. So stop. Okay. It's not, if it's not right in God's sight, if any of this has been convicting your heart of things that you're not doing, great. Hallelujah. I rejoice. I'm glad. I'm glad. Let it convict your heart with the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, ask the Lord what He wants you to do and how He wants you to change and how He wants you to go about it. And I am not, I hope you've heard me clearly, I'm not telling you, not everybody is called to go start this and start that, you know, homeless shelter, soup kitchen, whatever. You know, I think there are actually a lot fewer people called to do that than maybe do it. But we are all led to obey the Holy Spirit in simple obedience with this one and that one, not necessarily a mass program, but this one, the one that you're passing by on the street. Help them this one, that one. It's not multitudes, but if you do one a day, you're gonna wind up with multitudes that you have impacted and blessed, okay? We've got to break through our excuses and and some of our grand schemes of what we think we have to do in our mind, that that's not what the Holy Spirit is saying. But as we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit to do things God's way, He will lead us into paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And that will include considering the poor. All right, so Proverbs three twenty seven: Do not withhold—this is one element of this—do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. So if you have it and you've got the prompting of the Lord, tap, 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 give this person that, do this for that person. Don't delay. Don't make an excuse. Don't say, oh, you know what? It works better tomorrow on my calendar. You know, don't send God one of those like Outlook or Google calendar requests like, okay, I'll do good to the poor next Tuesday at three o'clock. No, do it now. No delay. Okay, sometimes you don't know, and this is the blessing that I have experienced in my own personal life, going through poverty by giving everything I own away and being totally dependent on the Lord. You know, it's something that I never would have had compassion for before because I had no understanding of it. But there, you know, and remember, God didn't tell me to beg. God didn't tell me even to ask. He told me not to ask anyone for anything that I need, just to ask Him in prayer and obey Him his voice in all of my life and all that I was doing and still am doing. I still live that way even to this day. And so, um, but, you know, there were times when I'm sitting there, you know, and I would meet someone for coffee and I can't even afford to pay for the cup of coffee. And I'm just thinking, well, I really hope that they're generous and get me a cup of coffee or, you know, like I'll just sit here and, and not have a cup. I'll just meet with them and that will be fine. You know, and they have no idea that I'm in this position, but it's interesting to see who is in tune and who is just going on their merry way and doesn't even give any consideration to the fact, you know, at this point in my life, this was many years ago when I first uh, started living this way. Things were really hard and I didn't know what I was doing yet, but God knew where I was and God knew what I was doing. And so, you know, I'm sitting there feeling very desperate and you know, it was just a very awkward and difficult time. But I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that now because I know that secret pain and desperation of someone who is in poverty or someone who is in need. And it's like you're trying to behave normally and you're trying to behave like everybody else. But really, you know that you've got this bill due. And if the bill doesn't get paid, then your phone's going to get cut off. And, you know, you you don't know how it's going to get paid. And you're just sitting there and you're not going to put this awkwardness or this heaviness on the person who's sitting across from you. But you're just kind of like, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. Are you going to do it through them? You know, and so it's this whole thing that it's a dynamic that unless you've lived it, you're going to be. Be more hard-hearted toward the poor and and not have an understanding of the desperation that is there. The other element that happens sometimes is that people will say grandiose things. Well, oh yeah, the Lord told me to give you this and the Lord told me to give you that. And then they don't do it. But this is the thing. If you're in poverty and somebody makes a verbal commitment like that, you're thinking, okay, so that's how God's going to pay that bill. And so now I've got this and now I've just got these other things. Like I still need food and... How's God going to do that? I don't know, but at least they said they're going to do that. So you're waiting on that. And then when people don't keep that commitment, it's devastating because you were hoping for it. You were relying on it, right? And so please, if you're in a position of someone who is the helper who or who's able to help, don't make a commitment with your mouth that you don't intend to keep, especially to the poor. Lest the poor cry out against you. God will hear their cry against you for doing such a thing. And if you if there's someone who you should be doing good for that's right in front of you, don't delay. Don't withhold good from those to whom it is due. Do it right away. And I know good can mean more than one thing in the context of this passage, but I'm trying to get at don't delay. If you have it in your power to do good right now, do good right now. Don't delay it. Proverbs 18.23 says, The poor use entreaties. They're begging, please help me, please help me. But the rich answer roughly. And that goes into what I was just talking about. There's no understanding. There's no compassion. It's, well, you got yourself into that mess. Or, well, your problem is not my problem. And, well, it's too bad that you're in that situation. Oh, well, you know. And then it's like the rich man and Lazarus. I'm going to go have a filet mignon at my table with, you know, truffle mashed potatoes and the finest wines while you are sitting there with the dog. Dogs licking your sores, and you're hoping for a crumb. I'm not going to give you a crumb. You know, the rich answer roughly. The poor are begging. The poor are desperate. And the rich just have no comprehension or compassion for the poor and their state of desperation. And, you know, if you, it doesn't matter how they got themselves into it. If you yourself were desperate you would want someone to help you. So this is all goes together. Jesus, do unto others as you would want done unto you. If you were desperate for whatever reason of that desperation, I'm not talking about a scammer. I'm talking about someone who's genuinely poor and in need. You would want someone to help you. So if you are that person who is able to help, then do it. Don't answer roughly help them. Be the good Samaritan to them. Okay, Proverbs 19, verse 6. Many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts. All the poor man's brothers hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursues them with words, but does not have them. Okay, so you see, Isaiah 58 said, don't turn your face away from your own flesh, right? So when someone's rich, guess what? Everybody wants an audience with a rich person, especially if they're generous. If they're known for giving away free stuff, everybody wants to be friends with that guy. But then the moment that there's a poor man, nope, nobody wants to be his friend. Too many problems, too much drama, too much need. It's just too hard to connect with them because they're always focused on the things that they need. And it's just too difficult because they can't get to the places I want to go to. And, you know, I have to like pick them up and stuff like that, you know. Uh, again, this is another scripture. I have lived. Once I was rich, and then God, I gave everything I owned away. And believe me, I had no friends anymore. All of my friends in this world were like, Whoa, Wendy's gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over Jesus, and she's poor now, so she probably wants our money. I used to hang with a very wealthy, very high lifestyle crowd. But as soon as I fo- started following Jesus and became poor and in need, and even though I wasn't asking anyone for any, Believe me, all my friends scattered. They were MIA, not to be found. Okay, I have lived this verse. But what we're talking about today is that you have the opportunity not to flee from the poor man, not to hate the poor man. Don't turn your face from your fellow man. Help them. Help them. Be the generous man in their life. Or woman, be the generous person in their life. All right, so we are going to break apart some excuses. Uh, These are just a few excuses. I hear these all the time. Um, These, you know, these weren't necessarily my reservations when God was breaking me through um, some of the hard heartedness, but these are some of the most common excuses that I hear all the time. So excuse number one, I can't afford it. OK, basically, you're living for your own finances and you think that finances are tough for you. And so you're saying, I can't afford to give more uh, because, you know, I, I'm just making ends meet for myself. Well, the truth of the matter, spiritually speaking, is you can't afford not to give. You can't afford to not prioritize what God prioritizes. You want God to answer your prayers for your increased you know, uh, prosperity in your own life? Well, why don't you start doing things God's way? Start by giving to these things that we've talked about in this segment start giving to the poor, and God will make sure that your prayers get answered. God will hear when you pray to Him. You will be sustained by the Lord. You will be protected from enemies. Now, you don't do it to get that in return, but the Scripture makes clear that these are some of the benefits of doing things God's way. That's not why you do it. You do things God's way because God is worthy of you doing them His way. But God also rewards those who do things God's way. Hallelujah. So remember, if you're ever in doubt, consider the rich man and Lazarus and where they ended. Now, I'm sure the rich man, he was probably a very devoted man or devout believer and prayed and all of this stuff. And he thought, oh, surely I'm going to the place of the righteous. But the rich man wound up in Hades because he was not generous or kind or merciful to the poor man, Lazarus, sitting right at his gate. So you can't afford, eternally speaking, you cannot afford not to prioritize what God prioritizes. All right. So uh, lame excuse number two, they're going to spend it on drugs. I hear that all the time, especially in America, um, you know, it that there people, if I give them money, they're just going to go buy drugs with it. And here's the truth of the matter. You are not responsible for what they do with it. You're not. If that's what they choose to do with it, that is their choice. They had an opportunity to do right. Instead, they continued on in their sin and their wickedness. And so they will ultimately give account to the Lord for what they have done with it. As a side note, there are times, you know, if you've if you know people who have been drug addicts, sometimes it's it actually getting another hit is the way that they're going to live. There are times when withdrawal is so bad, they could die from withdrawal if they don't get uh, some more of the drugs in their system. So don't prejudge like you know everything about the situation. I'm not saying that being a drug addict is right. And I'm not saying that we're supposed to support drug addicts or pay for their habit. However, you are not responsible. You don't know it all. You don't know the whole story, and you're not responsible for what they do with it. However, you will give account to God for whether you have given to everyone who asks of you or whether you have not. You will give account to God for whether you have behaved righteously towards them or whether you have not. No matter what they do with it, that God, they'll give account to God for that. You'll give account to God for whether you gave it or not. Here's another uh, element to this. God can show you all kinds of ways to give and pour out in generosity that do not involve cash okay I always 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 have um, gift cards for you know like usually I do I'm not trying to promote McDonald's but they're everywhere so they're the easiest little card to get you can get a McDonald's gift card and you know so a homeless person I guarantee they can walk their way to a McDonald's in most cities in most places so there are ways you can buy them a meal you can get them a sandwich you can give them a gift card to a restaurant where they can get food or you can get them a card to a grocery store. Now uh, on that, something like that, you probably don't want to get a really nice restaurant because some of those restaurants, depending on how this person looks and how they smell and how they are, the restaurant might not be nice to them. The restaurant might not serve them or want to seat them. And so you got to be wise, but the Lord can give you all kinds of ways of pouring your life out in righteousness for him that don't always involve cash. But sometimes the Lord will. There, you know, there are times when I I'm going along my way and the Lord will say, Give them all the cash in your purse. And so I give that person all the cash in my purse. There are other times I said this story a couple, you know, segments back, but where, you know, the Lord has me give one of the goodie bags with some snacks and a t-shirt and a bar of soap and some socks. There's always a way. If you're willing, there's always a way. So your lame excuse of what they're going to do with it, that's just you trying to get out of doing what God wants you to do. So let's drop the lame excuses and let's start pursuing the Lord. Ask God. Ask God to give you strategies of different ways that you can be attentive to the needs of the poor, even as you go along your own day. I'm not saying you have to like start a whole nonprofit organization. I'm saying you have to be a righteous person. And consider the needs of the poor just one at a time, one person at a time. That's it. God will show you. God will show you how to do it. All right, lame excuse number three. They should just get a job. They're on the street because they don't want to work. Okay, here's the truth of the matter. Sometimes that's the case. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes they should, but at that moment in time, they don't have a job. And the truth of the matter is there's often a lot more to the story than what meets the eye. Things are not as simple as you think. And so if you were to actually, with any kind of kindness or compassion or looking to have understanding, if you were to have a conversation with them, sometimes you would discover that they've tried to get a job, but it hasn't worked out for one reason or another. Sometimes people have a criminal record or they've gotten out of prison and it's very difficult for them to get a job because no one will hire them. There are, other, there are lots of different things that go into why people can and cannot do what you think they should be doing. Just like I'm sure you have situations in your life that you handle a certain way or a circumstance in your life that you're handling a certain way and you wouldn't necessarily choose to handle it that way, but there's been a series of events that have led to that being the way that you're doing things or the circumstance that you're in. So, you know, hey, a little compassion here, a little mercy here, you know, like you're not king of the world, the world doesn't obey you And neither are they. They might not want to be in this circumstance. You know, it's probably not their, it wasn't their childhood dream to be homeless begging on the street when they grew up, okay? So these are human beings, Instead of you trying to dictate what they need to do, have a little mercy, have a little compassion, all right? So God's way, we become, yes, we talked about become like a little child, submit yourself like an obedient child unto the Lord, but also God will make us like Him. And part of being like God is to pour ourselves out for those who don't appreciate us, for the wicked, for the ungrateful, for those who don't deserve it. Jesus came and poured out his life for us when we didn't deserve it. And so the way we show our gratitude is to go out and do the same for others.